as I got into banking in particular, I saw some incredible men. And what I realized is if we push them away, we're doing exactly what they've done to us for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so let's bring them along on the journey. We need them to be on this journey with us, supporting us, educating them, fighting for us when we're not in the room and truly becoming allies that are not just saying they believe in what we're doing, but actually doing it too for us and with us. Hey guys, it's Abby. In this episode, I get to talk to someone that may love cats almost as much as me, and that's saying honestly quite a lot. Kate Luzio is the founder and CEO of Luminary, a membership-based career and personal growth platform and collaboration hub created to uplift and upskill women through all phases of their professional journey. I love talking to her so much because she talks about the power of inclusive leadership of any kind, but especially her experience as a woman in leadership from her teen years to now. Thank you for listening. Here comes Kate and me. In Your Element is a teen-hosted podcast covering conversations with our allies. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and I get to chat with some of the most inspiring people. Our guests will include educators, creators, and changemakers who will reflect on their teen years, what makes them feel the most in their element, and things they wish they had known as a teenager. In Your Element is a part of the Element Collective, the first gamified life skills mobile app for teen girls. Download the app to earn exclusive rewards and get connected directly with mentors like the guests that you'll hear from on the show. You will probably be on your phone anyway. It might as well be fun and productive because when each of us are in our element, magic happens. Kate, it's nice to meet you. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you run a thing called Luminary. Um, tell me what that is. <laughs> so we are a membership-based, inclusive membership-based professional and personal growth platform and collaboration hub. And so to kind of distill that down, our sole mission is to advance women in the workforce, regardless of professional journey. And we do that through community and content and collaboration. Cool. What inspired you to, to start that? Was it experiences of your own, I'm assuming? Yes, I actually, it's interesting. I grew up with two brothers and uh, was very much into sports from a really young age. I didn't have a choice. That was what we were going to do as kids, thanks to my dad. And I learned very early on to not only be an individual player, but to be a team player mm -hmm. and learn how to be a leader. And that took me all the way into uh, almost a 20-year career in investment banking. And I ran with the boys. I played with the boys and I loved it. And I had some great successes and I had some incredible male mentors. But what I was seeing was my experience wasn't the same as others. And that doesn't mean that my experience didn't have the bumps in the road and the great stuff too. But 
I really wanted to see more women being promoted earlier in their career, being invested earlier in their career, being paid better earlier in their career. And I couldn't do that just by being one person in an organization in one industry in one company. And so I took all of those years of experience of building businesses and teams and communities within a company, the, the companies that I work for, and decided that I thought I could build it a better way and have impact faster and better and open it to more women and male allies than less. So being truly inclusive versus exclusive. And that's the world I want to live in. Right. Yeah. Um, so what did that look like for you getting to start that journey of creating your own, I don't know what to call it, business? Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. So it's a, it's a business. So we, <laughs> yeah, okay. um, it's, um, it's a lot of things, but one of those is a business. And, uh, we have a physical space in New York City, which I'm sitting in and recording this. And so we have 15,000 square feet where people can come and work and meet and convene and connect, but also participate in all of our workshops and courses. As a business, we were a ripe old age of 14 months old when the pandemic hit. Um, what I knew was that we'd started something special. We had an incredible community thus far, and we wanted to keep being there for the community. So we became not only a physical space, but a virtual community. And now we have members in 30 countries. Our members are small business owners. Our members are new professionals. They are women that are stuck in the middle. They are women in transition. And... We have a growing number of male allies that are on this journey with us and want to support all the work that we're doing. You seem very invested in community and allies, as you said. Yeah. That's super important. Um, what would you say has led you to doing that? Was that something that uh, was created when you were younger or more recently? I don't think that I, I focused early in my career around community so much. I definitely focused on what we call in the corporate world, stakeholder management and, and ensuring you were bringing people with you and you weren't elbowing people out of the way. So I think I learned that again, as a young kid playing sports and, and having a neighborhood full of kids that I, that I had to sort of, you know, play in the sandbox with and, and do it nicely, right? You don't get anything by pushing people around. You may get something for a short time, but you'll be found out eventually. Uh, so I think that that sort of that that experience, those experiences also feeling like I was for a long time, the only woman in the room. Mm. You know, I don't want to be the only one. I also it wasn't just about gender. It was about underrepresented communities. It was about mm -hmm. people of color and really creating spaces where you could have this conversation where we could talk about the hard things and actually do something about it. And I could only do that in corporate America to an extent. Now I have a voice. Now I have a platform. I'm bringing others along with me that can use their voices. And thinking about your age and thinking about your generation, how does my generation, and I'm a Gen Xer, really create the right level playing field for everyone in the future, regardless of what you want to do? Yeah. You mentioned, I mean, being the only woman in the room, which is the very common thing, unfortunately, for a lot of women in business. And I'm sure you have a lot of women who come to you and have that same experience. What do you do with them? And how do you how do you help that? You know, I think every experience is very unique. And while as a gender, we've experienced unfairness and lack of opportunities, I think that on an individual basis, whether you're working in an environment that you're not 
for seeing there's opportunities to starting your own business and not feeling like there's access to whether it be capital or introductions or connections. So much of this is around navigation of, uh, of different situations and circumstances. And so I think we can really teach women in particular how to navigate those and be a better advocate, not just for the other women that you know or other represented communities, but certainly for yourself. It starts with us, right? You think about the airplane. When you're on the airplane, it says, put your mask on first. You know, each situation is different, but you really need communication and openness and real dialogue to make a difference and to make a change. Yeah, yeah. You talked about, you know, growing up with brothers and being the only girl in sports and things like that. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? What has that I mean, obviously, that has influenced the way that you currently live your life. Yeah, massive influence. When I started playing sports, there were no girls teams and boys teams. There was just a team. And particularly in the sport of soccer, there would be, you know, 30 boys and one girl, maybe two if you were lucky. And for me, I didn't care. What Mm. I cared about was competing and getting better and learning and being part of a team and ultimately becoming a leader. As I got older, there was a lot more of that, hey, there's a girls team and then a boys team. I always go against the grain and I didn't understand when I was in middle school why I couldn't still participate in the boys sports. Why did I have to go to a girls team? So a little bit different than what I'm advocating for now, (laughs) but I played on boys teams until I got to high school. And when I got to my freshman year in high school, my school um, in New Jersey didn't have a girls soccer team and I was not allowed to try out for the boys you couldn't. It was a boys team and that was it. And so my dad sort of said to me, well, you have tried out for every other boys team and made it. They're not allowing you that. So what are you going to do? You're going to create something. And I said, what do you mean create something? He said, go build a girls team. If it's not there, build it. And so I got another girl and my friend who liked soccer and said, what do you think? And we went around and got a petition signed and had to present in front of the school board. And we got approved to have the first girls team in the town that I lived in was called Matawan, New Jersey. And the reason this is so pivotal is because I think that was my real first taste of, of being told no and Mm. not listening and saying, okay, if it's a no, there's got to be a different way to do something. And that sports team really helped me define and develop a voice of my own and embrace what it's like to be a leader. Yeah. You mentioned your dad telling you, hey, just go out and make your own. And you also talk a lot about uh, incorporating male allies. Do you think that your dad was possibly one of your first male allies who who was encouraging you to go out and stand up for yourself? Yeah, and I don't think it was actually, I love my dad and he's an incredible <laughs> mentor. From a very young age, it was, you've got to fight for everything that you have. You've got to make your voice heard. You've got to stand out in the crowd, whether you're a, a boy or a girl, right? Girls mm-hmm. just had less advantages to do that. As I got older, I realized that all of the while, right, whether it was sports, my academics career, he was pushing, pushing in a positive way Mm. to never give up. And then as I got into banking in particular, I saw some incredible men. And what I realized is if we push them away, we're doing exactly what they've done to us. Right. 
for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so let's bring them along on the journey. We need, we need them to be on this journey with us, supporting us, educating them, fighting for us when we're not in the room and truly becoming allies that are not just saying they believe in what we're doing, but actually doing it too for us and with us. Yeah. So there you go. If, if any teen boys are for some reason listening to this podcast, there you no, go. Teen boys. And I think it starts so young. I mean, after yeah, when well, I, yeah, yeah. right. When I was playing soccer all those years ago, I remember, you know, trying out for our boys travel team and yeah. I had friends kind of saying to me, Hey, you're as, as good as us. You got to try out too. And so I think, I think it does start at a really young age. And I think we have a responsibility as girls and women to also teach them what they don't know and, and bring them along on the journey. So for the teen boys, the, the young men and, and certainly the adult men that are listening, it's not just up to the women in the room. It's up to all of us. I think that's something that people confuse about feminism a lot is it's not just women fighting for it. That's very hypocritical to exclude men when we're fighting for inclusion. Absolutely. You got yeah. it. You're <laughs> yeah. 15 and you got it. <laughs> I just wrapped up the entirety of feminism right there. We solved it. <laughs> um, on a somewhat different topic, I guess. I know that girls, for the most part, are people pleasers. And how do you know when to listen and when to defy? Ooh. I think listen, listen, and then listen harder is something that we all should be doing, whether it's your career, personal, whatever groups you're part of, whether you're a woman, you're a guy, you're a person of color, it doesn't matter. You have to listen. And with intent, listen again, listen harder, and then choose to defy. But you've got to listen first. It can't just be defy, defy, defy for the sake of, of defiance. Take and make calculated decisions around the stands that you're taking. I think oftentimes, and I, I fall victim to this myself, we have the tendency, I have the tendency to just go, right? Mm. You just want to make a difference. You want to change the world. You want to change this rule or, or stand up. And we should do that. But I also think it takes compassion. It takes um, maturity to listen and understand the other side of the table and then you make the next step. And some of that's going to be compliance and some of that's going to be defiance. But you don't know what to do unless you listen. Right. Yeah. And I don't mean, and Abby, I don't mean listen and say, well, I'm just going to quiet down. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, um, but we've got to listen. And I think that's what's lacking in politics today. That's what's, mm. what's lacking in, in the world. And we're not listening to each other. All we want to do is defy one another and your opinions are different than mine. So I don't like them. Right. That's not how we create a better world. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to change the topic again. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Just going everywhere. Um, so something that we focus on a lot is uh, being in your element and what it feels like to be in your element. So, you know, what truly for you is where you feel like you're in your happy place and in your element? I truly believe I, I don't have just one. I am in my happy place when I'm with my nieces and nephews. I, I'm in my happy place when I'm surrounding myself with my family. I'm in my happy place when I'm 
when I'm doing a deal and, and converting a new corporate client to luminary. I love that. But I'm also in my element when I'm listening to others and the struggles or the challenges and where can I lend a hand? Where can I help? Where can luminary as an organization help? So I think what's so wonderful about the world that we live in right now is it doesn't have to be one element. And by the way, those elements can change on a day-to-day basis. Tomorrow you could talk to me and I could say, I'm not in my element because being an entrepreneur is so hard. Two hours later, I could have done something great or listened to a member at Luminary and the impact we're having, and I could be back in that element. So I think being able to navigate through that too and where you do truly find happiness is important, but also remembering it's not always going to be that happiness that you seek. Some days it's going to be harder than others, and some days it's going to be worth it. Um, so yeah. that's where I'm really in my element and I, and I have cats, so I love my cats. <laughs> yeah. They're the best. Um, if you could go back and tell your teen self or younger self something, what would you tell her? What would you say? Hmm. It kind of goes back to your question on defiance. I, I would say, don't always listen to the supposed smartest person in the room. You've got to listen and make your own decisions. And I think oftentimes as young girls, we have a lot on our shoulders. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of societal pressures. There are a lot of school pressures. You guys have social media. It's something that <laughs> I never had to deal with. So you've also got to have and create your own space and your own voice. And sometimes that's not going to look like everybody else. It's so hard. I'm, I'm, I'm 46 and it's hard. So as a, as a teenager, it's so hard. Um, but then the other is surround yourself by people that are supporting you, not putting you down, not, I like to say, ripping out the welcome mat before you even walk in the door. Mm. And sometimes it's harder to find those than other times, but, um, you've got to find that, that fortress around you that's going to support you. And that starts when you're young. It's not just when you hit your career or you get into college. It really does start when you're young and it's important to be aware of that. Yeah. You've shared a lot of, of things that haven't been talked about yet really on our podcast. And I, I appreciate you coming on today and talking with me. It's a lot of valuable information and I'm sure you have more valuable information. So where? Can our guests find more of you and what you do? Sure. So uh, <laughs> our website is luminary-nyc.com. And don't let the NYC fool you. We are global now. Uh, and then you can find us on Instagram at Be a Luminary. So B-E-A, Luminary. And then for me, I'm Kate Luzio on Instagram uh, with a C. So C-A-T-E-L-U-Z-I-O. And for any of you younger professionals, students that are already thinking about learning LinkedIn and utilizing LinkedIn, it's never too early to start. Um, I love conversing and I love learning the challenges that, that young women are facing in the world today. So don't be a stranger. Thank you, Kate. I, I appreciate you talking with me today. 